The stars at night are big and bright. Deep in the heart of hockey. Hi, I'm Carolyn. And I'm Marin. And this is Deep in the Heart of Hockey, a podcast about the Dallas Stars, fancy stats, and absolutely not the Stanley Cup shenanigans. Yeah, fuck the cup. Fuck the cup. <laughs> fuck it forever. I hate it. I don't want it. As far as we're concerned, hockey's over! Yeah, it can, <laughs> can go die. We with our lives. <laughs> oh, wait, no. We we just spent a long time talking about this. Tell them what episode number we are on and what day Oh, it shit. Is. Yeah, we did actually look that up. Uh, it is May 25th, and this is episode 96. 96! Uh, which was a number worn by Pavel Bure when he was with the Canucks in 96 and 97. Well, that's just a nice coincidence. Yes, we do like Pavel Bure. Yes, as opposed to some of the other people who might be wearing this. Or as I like to call him, Mr. Candace Cameron. Right? Is it is it is she married to Pavel Bray or his brother? I feel like she's married to his brother. Okay. Well, Mr. Candace Cameron's brother. <laughs> she's married to his brother. Okay. Yeah, Mr. Candace Cameron's brother. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, so the last game of the season for the Dallas Stars happened. I can't remember if it was a Tuesday or if it was the Wednesday. It must have been the Tuesday right before I went on vacation. And I remember us talking last time about it and had like the joke was like, well, if you go on vacation and they're in the Western Conference Final, you need to like go on vacation every year. And now I'm a little like, well, I guess I don't have to go on vacation every year. <laughs> yeah. I mean. But is maybe is maybe the takeaway that you should I'm not never experience to joy. Well, well, sure. <laughs> that feels a little mean. Um, <laughs> but true with sports. It does feel a little true, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. I, I guess the takeaway is that the Dallas Stars need to not fucking lose it. <laughs> In games six and seven. I just don't. I wa- I watched that game, right? I watched it, and it was incredibly frustrating. Yeah, game uh, seven was awful. Yeah, it was super awful, right? It was super awful. So, game six was just as bad, if not worse. So, watch. I don't know if you get worse than five shots between the second and third period. Oh, God, I forgot that that was that game. Yeah, no, you don't get worse. Game six was not as bad (laughs) as game seven. But either way, because, I mean, obviously by game seven, they had just fucking given up, right? They shouldn't have lost game six. So. I don't know if they gave up. I think. Are you kidding? I think there were two different things happening at the same time. Okay, what do you think is happening? Because I think that they basically were like, okay, we're already golfing. I don't I don't think that was the case. I think especially given how good Ben Bishop was playing, I think number one, I think this the St. Louis Blues had a little bit of the bit between their teeth. Well, okay, hang on. I'm just going to real quick go to a reader question since it literally asks this. Uh, the best shanty in all the land asks, what happened in this with the stars? How is it possible for the blues to get called for zero penalties in a two OT game? Um, so to answer the first question and your question. Well, she also asks, explain why in game six and seven of the blues. Oh, that's series. a different person. Anyway. Oh, oh. 
Okay. Sorry. I forgot to, I didn't bold correctly. Gotcha. <laughs> um, but yeah, we can also ask this one as well. If you'd like to go sure. ahead and ask. Uh, I mean, I just feel like we're going to cover all of this. Driving Girl asks, if you can, ex- please explain why in game six and seven of the blue series, we saw a lot more with a star dumping and chasing from the stars. Is that the ta- tactic the coaches probably wanted to use? Were they tired? Did they want to avoid bringing the puck up the middle for reasons? Oh, the star was, it seemed like a lot more. Okay. Yeah, she wasn't using stats. She was using eye test. But I would agree with that eye test. Mm-hmm. Um, I, okay, so I think there are two things happening here. Number one, I think St. Louis figured out their game plan. And the first few games of the series, it didn't feel like the St. Louis that had shot up the charts and then in game six and game seven it really did look like that st louis and they were doing a lot of good puck control they were doing a lot of very very good things and in the face of that st louis i do feel there was a conscience conscious coaching decision to try to sit back defend and counterattack. And I think that was a bad decision. It was a terrible decision. But to their credit, a little bit, with Ben Bishop playing out of his fucking mind the way he was, it kind of worked. I mean, it's not like the Blues won. Like, they were by far the better team. Like, it should have been a fucking shit show in Game 7. And yet it was a double overtime game. Now, I don't agree. I don't think you can make that gamble and win, fair, you know, with regularity. I think that was kind of a once-in-a-lifetime, we're going to play this way and see if, like, and it might work for us kind of shot. Well, I just don't, I mean, okay, so g- keep in mind that I barely watched those games because I was so angry about them and I wasn't having to recap. I didn't watch game six, I don't believe. And... I don't, it's also been several weeks and I've written it out of my brain. I do not understand how you, how anybody can claim that they were doing a counterattack thing when their shots on goal were non-existent. Like, like they weren't, there was no effort. Like, you can say that there was effort, but like, just watching that game, I do not remember them trying anything. Except for keeping the puck out of the net. They ben were, Bishop was trying. Ben Bishop was doing a fantastic job. Not enough can be said about Ben Bishop. No, I think, and I'm not, I'm like, in, in all of this, I'm not saying that Ben Bishop was not giving it his all. Oh, no, no, no. I, was, I wasn't taking that way. Um, no, what I think I mean is that um, if you look at, at least through like the first, at least through the second and part of the third, actually the couple of shots that they did get like at least through the second the couple of shots they did get off in the second were very high danger chances like i believe foxa got stoned on a breakaway uh that kind of thing so if you look at the the xg like the the overtime xg of that game for a while it was actually quite evenly matched through the first at the very least it was first it was quite evenly matched and then only a little bit pulled away through the second and then in the third it got crazy bad but the, they were attempting to counterattack. And sometimes you can get shots that are not shots on goal. And that's the other thing. As they did, again, in the second and a little bit of the beginning of the third, get some offensive zone time. Not a ton. 
but sometime that doesn't actually end up generating a shot on goal. And I mean, I don't, I don't support this tactic. I don't think there's anything to it. I, I think it was a bad move, but I think when we talk about the stars and when they talk about the season and they talk about that whole team identity, that's what they were going for is they were trying to play like they did during the regular season, which saw them limping into the playoffs and they almost limped into the Western conference final. And if you think, and if you look at it, they were relying on Ben Bishop through the second and the third, but then they were the better team in overtime. They were absolutely the better team in overtime. I'll take your word for it. Which was crazy and very annoying because if they had been that good the entire game, they might've won. (laughs) Yeah. I'm just looking at their inner, their even strength shot locations and the overwhelming number that St. Louis had versus the number that Dallas had. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it was so bad. It was so bad. It was just so bad. Now to answer Shani's second question, how is it possible for the blues to get called for zero penalties in a two OT game? Well, number one, the refs didn't call shit. We knew that. Like, they were not calling fucking shit. Uh, Well, they called shit on the Stars. They called a few things on the Stars, but there were actually fewer penalties that game than I would have thought there would be. Um, And two, it's almost impossible to draw a penalty if you don't have the puck. Yeah, that is also true. Who the fuck's going to slash you? Who the fuck's going to hook you? Why are they going to cause interference? If you don't have the puck, no one's going to attempt to stop you from having the puck. (laughs) No, it's accurate. That's accurate. Absolutely accurate. No one is going to try to... And the same thing with hits. You're not hitting... Like, if you have more hits in a game, not necessarily a good thing, because that means you're trying to get the puck. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, so now, obviously, our playoffs are over. Do you have anything that, like, you're taking away from the season or any anything that's like, you're holding to your heart? Maybe either optimistic or pessimistic going into next year? Um, I am at this point not 100% convinced that Montgomery is the best choice for this organization, but I'm willing to, he got us where to where we are, and I'm willing to give him another, I'm really, I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt, if only because I do not want to waste Jamie Ben's career and yet another new coach. Mm-hmm. I, uh... Love Ben Bishop, but worry about his groin, again, more than I've worried about anybody's groin ever. And I really would love for us to get Matt Zuccarello to commit to another, at least another year. I think he's, I think Zuccarello's got a big contract coming. Now, I'm not saying it won't necessarily be with us, like it wouldn't yeah. be with us, but like, it's going to be more than a year wherever he signs. Wherever he sure. goes, I would love, I'm just saying I would love to get him back is all I kind of mean about that. Yeah, for sure. I think I'm actually a lot more optimistic post-playoffs than I was going into the playoffs. That's funny. Because <laughs> I'm just, I guess, I guess the six and seven just left such a bitter taste in my mouth that I, I, I could happily go to wherever they were in the world. It was St. Louis, but I could go to St. Louis and like, I could happily have kicked every single one of them in the balls, except for Ben <laughs> Bishop. Because I was just so angry. <laughs> yeah. Just, and I, I haven't gotten less angry. I've just gotten more bitter. <laughs> like, I mean, this is my state of being. And nobody is surprised. But uh, <laughs> it was just, it was so disheartening to see 
what I took for a lack of effort on their parts. If that is what Montgomery was having them do, then that's his fault. And I'm still angry. So, like, yeah. either way, either way, a lot of mistakes were made. And that was, and they were, they were so egregious that it was very hard for me to be happy about anything that came out of that. I thought up until game seven, and I will say I, I'm, I'm 99% sure I did not watch game six. No. I didn't watch a lot, a lot of the Blue series. I will say up until that game, though, I thought Montgomery managed the team really, really well from a tactics standpoint, um, especially during the Nashville series. Yeah, he, Nashville he, series is great. He did a really good job. I thought the first couple of games of the Blues series, he did a really good job. And honestly, what really heartened me the most was we got incredible performances out of Rupe Hintz and Jason Dickinson. And mm-hmm. those both... And Miro Heiskin, Casey, I mean, you can't, can't, you know, the young guys really stepped up in the playoffs and they really, like, they're the people who are going to be our attack, our offense, our backbone of this, you know, organization for years to come. And it was really good to see them blossom under the pressure yes. of the playoffs. And I mean, like, let's be clear here. I'm going to be excited about Miro Heiskin and for the rest of the time that I exist in this world as a Stars fan. So, which hopefully will be a really long time. I mean, like, it just depends on who they get on their team. Well, speaking of the rest of their time on the stars, Lindell just inked a brand new deal. Oh, Lord. (laughs) Yeah, let's talk about that. So, I was in Scotland, so... People were adding me about it, and I was like, I don't even know what's going on. <laughs> Why are you talking to me? <laughs> uh, but Asa Lindell inked a brand new deal, pays out an average of $5.8 million. It's a six-year contract. That makes him the highest paid defenseman on the team. I I am not. Okay, so I don't know if people have read um, Josh Lyle's take on it on the um, Dallas Morning News website, but like. I missed that, I will say. I do not feel quite as, like, doomsday about it as as he does. Although he makes a very good case for, like, how terrible the deal is. I think that it is a ridiculous term and a ridiculous dollar amount for somebody who is basically support for Klingberg who doesn't play as well without Klingberg. Like, Lindell is not anchoring that, that pairing. No. And I, I would agree with that take. <clears throat> so I I don't it's not like I'm not as I'm not, I'm probably not as mad about it as, as Josh as Josh is, although I don't even know if the Josh has a lot of emotion about it so much as he's just like, this is a stupid deal. But <laughs> it 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 is it, it it was a ridiculous deal. It was like they they let they basically <laughs> he basically robbed the stars. Um from what but I mean, they offered it to him. Like, I, you gotta—he's gotta take what is offered. So whatever. But oh, I have. Yeah, I don't blame Lindell for taking would the deal. Never. That, well, I just said that because I said he robbed the stars. Because it's oh, not. Yeah, him, yeah. It's not him saying. It's not him robbing the stars. It's the stars being stupid. But so, I mean, and especially because he was an RFA. Like, well, so here's my here's a. I will even go actually one step less egregious than you, which is I don't mind the term so much. Yeah, I guess I don't mind the term so much. I mind the dollar amount. He's going to be 31 when it ends. That's a good time to, like, 
basically retire a defenseman. Mm-hmm. Like they take him through all of his potentially most productive years. Like technically his most productive years are already done because he's already 25. But like the remaining productive years, we have him under contract. Um, I'm very disappointed in the dollar amount. And I was, so obviously, you know, I work with hockey graphs. I do their social media. And um, I got a little bit of a peek into uh, Josh and Luke Youngren, the Evolving Wild Twins' new salary predictor um, before they released it to the public. And Lindell was one of the names that stuck out. And everybody was like, do you really think Lindell will get that much money? And they were basically bang on to this contract. They had predicted, I think, something like 5.7 or 5.6 million over six years. Dang. And when I saw it, they were like, well, that's what the market says he'll get. And I was naive and was like, I really don't think he'll get that. I don't think they can give somebody who is clearly support for Klingberg more money than Klingberg. (laughs) And yet! Well, again, I was wrong. I was very wrong. And they were right. And so I think where the stars are coming from with that is they were trying to pay him fair market value. And I don't agree necessarily with that. But I think it also speaks well of their character. <laughs> the star's <laughs> character? Yeah, that they're not trying to, like, fuck this guy over. You I know mean, what I no, mean? it does. It does. And I, I, do, I do agree with that, but... I can't get over that dollar amount. That's also not your pro- not your job. No. Like, it, I actually, I really have a hard time as a hockey fan, especially as somebody who likes to evaluate front office decision making. I have a very hard time, me personally, being somebody who is so pro-labor and so pay people what they're worth and so fuck the man but at the same time, understanding that these front offices have a limited, a literal hard cap, limited amount of resources that they can offer that they're incentivized to fuck people over. Mm-hmm. And so me as a person, as like somebody who just lives and breathes, would be really pissed if they fucked people over. And I'm glad they're not doing that. But me as a fan, knowing that the only way a front office is extremely successful is by fucking people over. And that's what we're evaluating this term on, this dollar amount on. It's really a weird conflict. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was just looking at our cap. Um, And and I think that's the other thing is that overall, we're not really in a bad place. We aren't. But here's what I'm worried about. Uh, John Klingberg is going to come up in two seasons. No, three seasons. Tw- at three the end seasons. of 22. At the end of 22. But that's after the lockout. Yeah, but there's no guarantee that the cap in, like is going to be any different. I mean, and- there's no guarantee the cap will be any different. But number one, we have seen historically that it's gone up by about 3% every single year. And number two, last time there was a lockout, people got forgiveness on bad contracts for a certain number of bad contracts. Excellent. Because uh, Miro Hiskinen is also going to need to be signed in the end of 21. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then- I would rather, I mean, of those three, I would rather move forward with Miro Hiskinen and John Klingberg. 
If we well, have to lose a ca- like the cap hit of Echelon Dow. We have to have at least six defensemen on the team at all times. No, so. I get I'm not. Oh, my Lord. Karen. I know. I know. <laughs> like, I'm just saying that, like, at some point, like, we're going to have to fill out this roster with somebody. And I don't mind having that person be Lindell, especially when literally this coming season, we're in a pretty good cap place, I, even with his $5.8 million. I get, I get it. I'm talking about two to three years in the future. I don't feel like we can have three three defensemen making like $16 million between the three of them every year. I think, I think we'd be fine. All right. Fine. I mean, it would actually be more than that because I don't see there's any way we offered John Klingberg less than we're offering us a Lindell. But I also think that in three years we could maybe trade Lindell. Well, okay. But that's what I was talking about. Oh like, my I mean, God. I don't think, I don't see this <laughs> oh, as a hampering contract in any way. No, okay. Fine. I, I just don't, I don't see this hamstringing us. Is what no, I, I, didn't, I, don't, I don't think it hamstrings us. It just, I, I feel like it's going to require a lot of juggling in the next two years. I actually don't even remember what the cap is supposed to be next year. Something like 83 million? Um, yeah, 83. I if we have 16,000 in cap space and we're projected cap hit is 66, then yeah, it's going to be 83. Yeah, so you said 16,000, 16 million. I do. But mean we also million. have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten people who have not signed for next year. And well, so, and some of them we're going to get rid of. So, for instance, Jason Spezza is not coming back. He already said so. Right. Um, we know for a fact, uh, we don't know it for a fact, but we can pretty much, into, we can guess that Honka. they're not going to qualify Honka. They're not going to qualify Brett Ritchie, probably. Um, I highly doubt they will offer anything to Mathot or Lovejoy. Um, No, I know. And I mean, we'll obviously have to fill out the roster somewhere, but. Yeah. And um, I kind of hope they bring Fadoon back. I think Mm -hmm. he played well enough to get a small contract, you know. I'm going to miss Jason Spezza, but I am not going to miss that. 7.5 million? 7.5 million. (laughs) Not with Jamie Benn's contract. (laughs) And, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Tyler Sagan's new contract starts this year, too. Yeah, it sure does. I'm looking at that, too. <laughs> anyway, I mean, I'm... But we I'm, have $16 million to fill out our roster. $16 million to fill out our roster will probably be fine. I just... I'm... It's just... I just don't like... I just don't like the, the numbers. I like that the term is fine, whatever. Six years is whatever. It's the it's the five point eight mil a year that I'm just like, did you earn that? The answer is probably no. I would agree. So anyway. Well, you know who's up to even crazier stuff? Oh Lord. It's our new segment. What? What what are you doing? <laughs> what 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 are you doing? Oh, okay. <laughs> this week in Who Needs a Sassy Gay Friend? It is the Minnesota Wild. <laughs> oh, I see what we're doing here. So they could have told they could have told the sassy gay friend could have told them not to take Mike Madano. Is that where we're going with this? There's a couple things they have they have had a couple of interesting moves this past week. Number one being Mike Madano has a new job with the Minnesota Wild. He is going to basically be like an advisor. To the GM, didn't I mean wasn't he doing something for the Stars this past year or no? I don't remember if he was doing something for the Stars this year, but he definitely has done 
similar things for the coyotes in the past. Interesting. So my star's coworker um, texted me after the announcement and they were like, man, the stars really fucked up that relationship. And I was like, good fucking riddance. Like, same. <laughs> sayonara, Mike Ventano. Nobody gives a shit. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was like, no, I don't know. I do not care. Well, Larry Joe asks. Oh, he was an alternate governor and executive advisor. There you go. Larry Joe asks, now that Madonna has become a wild, can we ditch him from all convos about the stars, please? Oh, I'm I'm down. Fuck him. I mean, I already do pretty much, but I feel like he has such a special place in stars history that unfortunately he will still be until the stars win a new Stanley Cup. Yeah. I mean when the stars win the Stanley Cup. Yeah. When Jamie Ben scores that game winning goal. Yeah. Then we finally can replace Madonna. I mean, he is still like one of the top. Like, is he is, is the number one scorer in Stars history at the moment? Well, is he still the number one American scorer, or did Patrick Kane overtake him? Ooh, that's let me Google that. Because like he for he he led the he led in American born hockey players for a very long time, and I don't know if mm-hmm. he's been caught yet. Uh, I'm pretty sure he is still the best. So, I mean, I can't tell when that. No, he still has goals by a player born in the United States, points by an American born player, playoff points by an American born player, and games played by an American born forward. So, he's still number one in four categories (laughs) Um, with the Dallas Stars or the Minnesota North Stars, but that is the Dallas Stars. I don't think we're going to be able to divorce him entirely from every star's conversation but and i mean his number is still hung in the rafter he's the he was you know he won us a cup <laughs> like he is not, unfortunately the not face him. of yeah yeah stars history but and we can, yeah we can but we can replace that when the stars win win their next cup and hopefully that is with jamie ben and hopefully that is relatively soon <laughs> so <laughs> i mean like there there's there's there are ways that we can get past Mike Madano, but we're not quite to that place yet. Well, so the other thing that Minnesota is doing is considering trading. Oh, Zucker for who? Who was it? For Phil Kessel. That's right. Because because our our good friend Amanda was really angry about it because Jason Zucker is her daughter's favorite, and also. The other rumor that Jason Zucker has been involved in. So there was that rumor was the first one that came out. And then there was a second rumor that came out from the Flames camp that Zucker might be traded for Sam Bennett and Michael Froelich. Oh, shit. I didn't know Michael Froelich was still playing hockey. Right? (laughs) What? What? What are you doing? What are you doing? Look at your life. Look Look at at your choices. choices. Ugh. Right? Like, I, first and foremost, like, okay, Jason Zucker isn't like the first line center kind of guy, right? Like, he's not, but he's still, he's an extremely good, effective player. Right. I mean, I just uh, pulled up all of his stats because I wanted to make an actual case about this. So if you look at just his, like, point totals, Phil Kessel for Jason Zucker almost makes sense. 
uh, Kessel scored 27 goals last year. Zucker scored 21. Um, however, important to note, Zucker scored 14 goals at even strength and seven on the power play. Whereas Kessel's 27 were 15 at even strength and 12 on the power play. <laughs> but if you look at, um, go to, so that's just using normal stats at hockeyreference.com. But if you go to hockeyviz.com, which does on ice heat maps, so you can see what the shot threat, the shot, what the shots look like when they are on the ice with their teammates and without their, you know, with and without them. Uh-huh. Kessel's contributions from a shot perspective to the Penguins are only plus four to the offense. And without him on the ice, it's actually a plus nine versus NHL average. Oh, yikes. And even worse, on defense... The uh, Penguins are 9% worse than average with Kessel on the ice. Yikes. And if you compare that to Zucker with Minnesota, 14% better than the NHL average with Zucker on offense and 7% better than NHL average on defense with Zucker. Right. So you've got a better shot share with Zucker in both cases. Not to mention that he also plays very well on the penalty kill. So, and then when you care and combine that with the fact that Zucker is only 27 versus Kessel's 31. What are you doing? What are you doing? And you consider that Kessel's making something like, I think it's 7.8 million versus Zucker's. I think he's in like 5.6. Hang on. I can look this up really quick. Zucker. So Zucker's making 5.5 million for the next four years versus Kessel's $8 million for the next three years. Oh, Lord. Why would you do this? I can't think of a good reason at all. I can't even think of a really good bad reason except that you're just stupid. And then... To say that the other rumor is for Sam Bennett and Michael Froelich? Yeah. What, what, what are you doing? Being stupid, apparently. <laughs> I mean, the Mike Madonna thing is whatever. They're trying to regain their history and pretend that the North Stars never left. And who gives a shit? But, like, what the fuck? <laughs> with, Mark, <laughs> with Mark Zucker. Like, with, that's just rude. I don't understand. Why are you doing this to them? Okay. Oh, that team deserves... Well, I don't really give a shit about the Wild, but that team does. Every team deserves better than that. <laughs> Except the Ducks. Except for the Ducks. Twinkle, twinkle, little... Stars! stars! How I wonder what you... Charge! Okay, so... Uh, in light of our declining contracts, I would like to do some stars charts for players who will no longer be with us next year. Sounds um, good. So we are going to start with Jason Spezza, who I believe is a Gemini. He's definitely a Gemini. <laughs> no, he's like, a Cancer. No, he's a Gemini. He was born June 13th. 
June 20th is when Gemini ends. Oh, okay. I just think, okay. <laughs> no, remember last time we were trying to find... Oh, God, that's right, and everybody was a fucking Gemini. Okay, yeah, so, okay, we're doing Jason Spezza, so... Okay, and by request, since we said we'd do them in the off-season... Oh, my God, are we doing the onion? We're doing onion yes! horoscopes! Gemini, May 21st to June 20th. You'll finally find a man who loves you for who you are. But unfortunately, he's every bit as miserable as you might expect. <laughs> Sorry, keep going. That's it. These are short and sweet. <laughs> okay, so Julius Honka is a Sagittarius. I don't know if we've done a Sag in a minute. I don't think we have. I think we have. <laughs> oh, God, what is it? Sagittarius, November 22nd to December 21st. Due to your optimism, your death next week will come as a big surprise. <laughs> However, due to your devout Christianity, what comes after will be a terrible shock. <laughs> poor, poor Honka. Okay, Mark <sighs> Mathot is a cancer. It's a cancer. Cancer, June 21st to July 22nd. If you had just one piece of wisdom to impart to future generations, it would probably be unspeakably filthy. Oh, that that tracks. That tracks real good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Do, uh, we think, do you want to see, when was Brett Ritchie born? Let's just do a couple more since these are short. Let's do it. Um, Brett Ritchie is a, is a cancer, so, oh well. Uh, do we think that Ben Lovejoy or Roman Polak are coming back? I don't think Ben Lovejoy is. Okay, let's look at Ben Lovejoy's. What's it, what day is his birthday? February 20th. Uh, he is a Pisces. All right, Ben Lovejoy. Pisces, February 19th to March 20th. This is a great time for romance in the workplace. If you're the sort of idiot who thinks that's even close to a good idea. <laughs> I'm considering his workplace is the NHL. And I think he's already married. This this is beautiful. <laughs> I love I love also that his name is Ben Lovejoy and that's the one he got. I know. Did you know his nickname is the Reverend? I did know that because of the Simpsons, Reverend yeah, Lovejoy. I, I never I never watched um He's quite uh I like him a lot as an interview and a person. Like, he seems like a really cool person. Oh, he went to UVA. Aww. I mean, I'm still mad that we got him in exchange for Connor Carrick, and he wasn't really a Dallas star for very long, but, man, he went to UVA. That's cool. Ben Lovejoy. Seems chill. Seems chill. Not really wild about his hockey playing, but... Well, do you want to talk about happy things? Sure. I'll go first, because mine's really easy. I went to Scotland! <laughs> awesome! Did you... Okay, so I read that you really loved the your hair in Scotland. My hair was a fucking nightmare in Scotland. But mine is also already given to more frizz than yours, so... Yeah. Well, so here's the thing, and this also might have been affecting you. Now, granted, I was on the West Coast for the most part. We were in Sky for a couple of days, which was on the East. But for the most part, I was in Inverness. Uh... Apparently, Scotland has naturally softer water. Yes. 
than most of the United States. It does. And that's why my hair felt so good. Because my hair felt like fucking silk. Like, Wait, you were in Inverness? I was in Inverness and Sky. Inverness is on the East Coast. Yeah, sorry. Yes, mix those two up. <laughs> oh, okay. I was so, like, uh... <laughs> Inverness is on the East Coast. Okay. Sky is on the West Coast. Okay, okay, okay. Yes. Because yes. I was in Edinburgh, and I was like, but Edinburgh and Inverness are on the same side. Yeah, no, my hair in Edinburgh, and it was also, I think, probably because uh, it was also windy as fuck the entire time I was there, mm. but my hair was just a nightmare. I, like, I couldn't oh. do a thing with it. <laughs> like, it was so... It was- Great. It was just bunning it up all all day long. Did okay. So I I saw that you ate a lot of really delicious food. Oh, did so you much good food. did you eat any haggis? I ate haggis twice. It was nice. Super tasty. I'm so proud of you. Super tasty. I love. I I actually was very surprised by how how much I liked it. I you know I kind of knew like I don't have a whole lot of like food weirdness or anything like that. Oh, like, I don't I, like. I, I totally do. I totally mm-hmm. have a ton of I totally have a ton of food weirdness. Oh, okay, absolutely. Well, like uh, I like black yeah. pudding. Like I know what it's it. I've seen. Like I fucking watch a lot of Bourdain. I know how they make it. Like I like black pudding. I like a lot of like I like pate and like foie gras. Like I don't have an aversion that many Americans tend to have to that kind of stuff. But also like the ways that we had haggis, we had the in like these delicious like sausage like they look they were kind of basically like sausages with no casing that had been dipped in panko and then fried Ooh. and then were served in a whiskey cream sauce which was Shit. fucking tasty yeah that's yeah. amazing and then also um i had it at this pub in sky and this pub like was really good food like it was the only pub for like all like 15 miles in this little very rural town and the food was outstanding. Um, but I had it, it was a, they called it a haggis strudel. But what it, that meant was like they had the, the haggis filling. And then they had like mashed potatoes and mashed turnips. And then they put it together in a phyllo dough and baked it. Mm. And then they served it in again a whiskey cream sauce. It was fucking tasty. Nice. I like it. So good. So good. Um, but yeah, no, Sky was amazing. Probably like, if you're ever looking for just like, a picturesque rural retreat, Isle of Skye, hands down, one yeah. of the most beautiful places. Stayed in this adorable fucking cottage. I mean, it looked like a postcard every single minute of it. And then I loved Inverness. Like, I would live there in a heartbeat. Adorable town. Easily, everything's walkable. Um, Like got a train station, a bus station, you can get anywhere from there. Like 60,000 people, great food, lovely, lovely people. How hilly would you say Inverness is? Not particularly. Because as you know, we went to Edinburgh, which I've already said like four times, and that place is nothing but hills. Yeah, I mean, so much were. so, so much so that like we stopped walking them after a point and just took taxis everywhere because we were so tired of like walking uphill. Oh no, absolutely not like that, <clears throat> not at all. I think the Highlands are a little more flat because Inverness is the Highlands, like yeah. that's kind of where we were. And in fact, actually, we ended up going horseback riding. But my sister's a huge horse girl, and um, we had to go up north to this teeny tiny little town called Tain. 
And that's even further, like, up north to the highlands. And that was, like, completely flat. Like, we had to walk, like, three miles from the actual town to the horse barn. And that was entirely flat. Nice. So, yeah. We walked a lot. Oh, yeah. No, we we walked everywhere. Well, no, we walked a lot of places. We didn't, I just said we <laughs> took... We, we walked a lot of places in London. We walked a lot of places in Scotland. But at some point, we just were like, fuck it, we're taking a cab. But then other times, we very stubbornly walked everywhere. So, like, <laughs> there was this, there's this hill that's, like, the tallest hill in Edinburgh. And my sister was like, oh, I read on the internet that the views from up here are fantastic. And, I and like, you know me. I am not in shape. I am a larger lady. And so my sister is, like pencil thin and her husband is also very fit and like they work out all the time and their kids are very active and so we're like walking up all of these enormous hills and I was like I'm gonna kill you and also I'm never (laughs) vacationing with super fit people ever again in my life like this is the worst we yeah I sky had a lot of hills sky definitely had a lot of hills um I I mean just from googling the pictures of sky yeah like it's fucking known for its mountains so like yeah um, but we walked from Sky from our cottage down to the village with the inn, and that was two and a half miles, but it was all like cutbacks and windy and hilly, and so that like felt like four miles. They like we actually find they were like, God, we have walked forever. Like we're uh my friend and my sister were like, This is a, such a long walk. This is so much further than I thought it would be, like than we thought it would be. And I was, like eventually we passed our own side and I was like, guys, it's only been two and a half miles. Like we did this like the other day (laughs) but yeah no scotland was amazing i'm gonna move there nice what about you uh i finally saw hamilton (gasps) yay yeah the thing that was my happy thing like a year ago (laughs) (laughs) buying the tickets it finally occurred i thought um was it last weekend i think it was last weekend yeah it was last saturday around this time i was sitting down to watch hamilton Yay. And um, it's funny because I am like I one hundred percent. I'm really glad I went and go, I went and saw it because as much as I have listened to that musical happen in my ears, I have never seen it with my eyeballs. Except for this really one, like I, I of course have somewhere on the internet found like a bootleg of the original Broadway cast, and so I've watched part of it, but it was also from like. Uh, like a, a balcony corner and like it wasn't always facing the stage because you know obviously it was like bootleg so um mm. and so it was somebody's fucking phone you know what I mean like it wasn't the best so it was nice to be able to see like the whole production and kind of like you know see all of that at the same time <laughs> I could not help but compare all of these people to their original Broadway cast counterparts right mm-hmm. you can't help it you cannot help it I've I have listen to that soundtrack so much i've memorized it in its entirety so um it's a problem that basically Uh, happened to me when i went and saw wicked yeah so it was it was good but it was like i was watching it and like i there were certainly standouts like the woman who was playing eliza fantastic fucking fantastic phenomenal um but the guy who was playing um lafayette and um jefferson was great as Jefferson. I thought he was great as Jefferson, but as Lafayette, really lacking. Like, could not really fake a French accent terribly well at all. And I was kind of like, 
But that's like fully half the character and you guys couldn't find anybody better to go on a touring company that could actually do a French accent? Okay, fine. Whatever. Um, But this is my happy thing. And it really was a happy thing. But I also, because I'm me, can't help but pick apart my happy thing. Um, (laughs) So... Yeah, I mean, I I loved it. I was very happy I went. Very happy I went. Very happy that they're touring the country now. So it was great. I did not know, because it is not on the soundtrack, how the play ended. Um, I mean, like, obviously I know the song, Who Lives, Who Dies, Who Tells Your Story and all that. But the very, very last moment of the play is basically Eliza's death. And she's standing, oh. like, she's standing stage center. Or stay at center stage, I guess. I don't know why I said it backwards, but um, and she's she's looking up into a spotlight and she gasps and hold up holds up her hand, um, and since she'd just been singing about like she can't wait to see Hamilton again, you know, like it's that whole like she's dead and she dies and is reunited with him, mm-hmm. and it was like it was one of those those moments that I just kind of felt like I was like punched in the feels a little bit, you know, because I wasn't expecting it at all. Yeah. So it was it was really like the. There were certainly moments where I was like, oh, God, I'm really glad I did this because I needed to know that this occurred. But, yeah, I mean, just for the most part, I was like, buddy, why? <laughs> why are you like this? <laughs> okay. You want to do some reader questions? Let's do some reader questions. Uh, do you want to start? All right. Uh, the best shiny in all the land asks, which free agents do you think the stars will re-sign? Uh, thank you for putting the dash in between re and sign. Uh, should we worry about them signing Voinoff? I don't think so. I mean, well, to answer the... Okay, to answer the second question second. Or first. Whatever. I mixed up East and West already. You did. It's fine. Where We already know where I'm at. Uh, I am not particularly worried about them signing Voinov at all, honestly. Um, I mean, we have Ben Bishop until 2024. We've got Anton Hudobin for another season. And no, Voinov's were- a defenseman. Oh god, I was thinking of Varlamov. Yeah, no, Voinov ah, is the defenseman shit. who yeah, was yeah, yeah, convicted yeah, of defense, yeah. defense violence. I mean, they all kind of bleed together in my head, all of these assholes. Yeah. Um, Fair enough. Anyway, I don't think we should worry about Voinov. I'm not worried about it for a couple of reasons. Um, number one, Jim Nil has consistently shown himself to be a good person. <laughs> yeah. Like, if there's one thing that can be said about him, it's not. <laughs> like, He's not a dick. We just actually talked about that. <laughs> um, number two, Voinov wasn't particularly good at hockey, even before the incident that got him kicked out of the country occurred. He had, I asked some friends about this because obviously I saw this question. And again, I know all the statsy people. And I didn't remember, right? Like, I didn't remember how he plays at all. Apparently, he got really good praise at the Olympics, but, like, also, like, if you look at his NHL numbers from the years before this happened, he was actually, um, if you look at war, which, again, not my favorite metric necessarily, but still a decent one to look at, uh, he was below a replacement level before he left the NHL. And now he's 30 or 31. I don't, honestly, I would have a hard time. And... And given that, yes, his ban ban ends halfway through the season, I think you have to be, it's, like, you have to sign before a certain date to even be allowed to play in the playoffs. So I don't know if that 41 games happens before then. I would have to, we'd have to look at the actual schedule. But, like, I, 
I honestly would have a hard time believing any NHL team will sign him. Yeah. I mean, it's it's just such a grenade to throw yourself on. You know what I mean? Yeah. I really don't. I don't think. Not with... His hockey is not good enough to, I think, justify the PR nightmare. No. In anyone's mind. No. Now, for free agents, the Stars will re-sign. Uh, I, would, I mean, Janmark, I think, is coming back, for sure. Oops. Nope. Go back. Okay, so coming up, we have Brett Ritchie and Jason Spezza, who we already said no. Jason Dickinson and Matthias Janmark. Who, well, uh, yeah. Dickinson's an obvious one. Like, yes. 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 Janmark is an RFA, so I, I'm, I'm sure they'll qualify him. I don't know. I think they'll qualify him, and I think he'll get a low deal. Yeah. He's, he's, yeah. He didn't, he was on a, he was on a prove it deal, and he didn't prove it. Yeah. Um, Matt Zuccarello, do we think the stars will put their hat in the ring for him? Yes. Cool. Uh, we already said that Julius Honka and Ben Lovejoy know about Mark Mathot, probably know. And we've already said we would love for Taylor Fidun to come back. And Roman Pollock is probably going to come back because it's Roman Pollock. I, th- I have a feeling he'll be back. <laughs> Ugh. And then both of our goaltenders are tied up for at least the next season. Mm-hmm. Do you think they try to extend Kudobin uh, after this year? I think if things go as well as they did this year, um, and he's amenable to it, I think mm-hmm. they would. But yeah. he is 33, and we do have two young goalies coming up. So who knows? I think it'll also depend on the progress of um, Colton Point, Jake Ottinger, and Landon Bow. Yeah. Because all three of those guys are like, um, sorry, I think, I don't know if Point has gotten his, no, Point I think was in the um, AHL this year. I don't, I'd have to double check. But, uh, well, I don't know where he went, where he played this year, but he's on his ELC. Yeah. Landon Bow is an RFA this year. I think, I mean, he'll get re-signed for sure. Yeah. He's, he has been good in, in Texas. So I think all three of those guys are going to be trying to make their case for becoming the NHL backup. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're all pretty young. Even Landon Bow, who's been on the team for two, three years now, mm-hmm. um, is only 23. So like. So Maybe. in 1819, Colton Point played seven games with the Texas Stars and 13 games with the Idaho Steelheads. There you go. I want to go to Idaho. It's not like it's like a 16 hour drive from here or something like that. You know what we should do is we should what? go to Wyoming together. I've never Whoa. been to Wyoming. I've never been to Wyoming either. Well, that's not true. I've I've taken a train through it. No, we should go to Wyoming. Yeah. We do like a big like frontier days kind of thing. I think it would be really fun. That would be awesome. Let's do that. Road trip! Road trip! Okay. All right. C asks, how much does Sean Shapiro suck, and what do we make of his recent article on Jamie's aging curve and playing potential? Are we worried about that cow? Um, I love C to tiny little pieces, but I don't understand the how much does Sean Shapiro suck portion of this question because yeah i I don't don't (laughs) think he sucks i think he's actually the best of the three yeah dallas yeah journalists yeah (laughs) and like and and i have to say like from a personal standpoint he used to be my colleague like i used to be his editor for fan rag sports and like yeah i've worked with him in a professional capacity and found him great i like we now have we still have a friendship you know 
Yeah, um, he and so I. Like, he, yeah, he and I are friends on Twitter. Like we talk back and forth a lot. So I don't. I don't think he sucks. So sorry about that. I guess. But I also um, really think he's a really fun journalist. Like he does a lot of like fun, human interesty type stories, which I really love. Well, I mean, he's ninety percent of the reason that I re-upped our athletic subscription is because I wanted to be able to read his stories. Um. Now that so, said, I haven't read this article on Jamie's aging curve. Oh, I did. Um, and I mean, it just was, it was just a story about his aging curve. It was just a story about how his prime is behind him. Because um, it is. Sorry. It is. No, yeah. Like, so, I, I know, like, Jamie Ben is obviously the favorite of many people, including co-hosts of this podcast. Yes. But this is not a forgiving sport. No. I mean, we are <laughs> worried about Jamie Ben in the sense that he is rapidly approaching 30 mm-hmm. um isn't he turning 30 this summer <laughs> i'm pretty sure he's 30 this year yeah yeah he was born in 1989 yeah he is yeah i mean i don't know why i even had to ask myself that question <laughs> um so yeah he i mean we're worried about him in the sense that he is playing a very unforgiving sport, and he doesn't bounce back the way that he used to. And God, it was really rough remembering how long it has been since he won a gold medal. It's really rough remembering how long it's been since I started watching him in this NHL and how much younger he was then. Uh, yeah. I was then. Um, Who our president was then. Uh, since watching Hamilton, by the way, I've been listening to a lot of Hamilton and, uh, was watching, listening to the Hamil drops and the, um, one last time that Barack Obama recorded. Ugh. And I gotta tell you every single time, it's like, I'm almost surprised by how much I cry <laughs> at Barack Obama reading George Washington's words. Oh my God, I can't. Ah! Yeah. Uh, so, so, I mean, I, I'm no more worried about Jamie than I am any other aging elite player. Yeah. He does hit more than a lot of those guys. So there is a possibility that his body will go downhill faster. Um, that's a proven thing. Um, again, hitting isn't usually like an elite guy kind of deal. And Jamie Bunt isn't even a huge hitter. He just tends to be the biggest hitter on the stars. Yeah, um, yeah. He plays in he plays in the bruisiest manner of a very non-bruisy team. <laughs> yes. Um. So, I mean, I just I, I think that's just a reality, and I think most people have to accept it. And there are going to be a lot of fans who don't, um, especially since he's starting like his he's on his big contract finally. Like that $9.5 million is a lot to eat for a person who's not going to produce the way he used to. But I think also like it is what it is. And this is how contracts are structured these days. And like, I don't care. Get money, Jamie Ben. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Seriously. Um, So I'm not, no, I'm not more, I'm no more worried about Jamie Ben than any other 30 year old in the NHL. Yep. All right. Fair enough. Captain Celery asks, is this the worst Stanley Cup final imaginable from everyone who made it? Yes. Honestly, for me, for me, if you swapped out Toronto and Boston, I feel like I would have been more salty about Toronto just because I don't want Leafs fans to have anything good. 
Really? So I'm, I apologize to all the Leafs fans on this podcast, but yes, no, I, I am, I'm so tired of Leafs fandom. They so are so bad. They are so insufferable. So no, I don't want anything good for them. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't like Boston, but I really don't like the Leafs. Um, and then I you actually, could, I know, I, I, I like the Leafs. I hate their fans. Yeah. Like, but yeah, so, no, sorry. I so, know. It's just like, yeah. I, I, I'm, I kind of with you at the same time, like, it's a good team and I like the team, but I also know, but fuck everybody else. Precisely. Involved. So that team doing well means that the Leafs fans are happy and that's what I don't want. Um, and you could swap out Colorado and St. Louis and I would feel the same either way. So no, Colorado I and- absolutely hate St. Louis way more than Colorado. No, I, hate, I hate both of them about equally. Oh no. St. Louis so much more. Well, what you know was... how much I hate Gabriel Landeskog. I do know how you feel about Gabriel Landeskog. Okay, if you had to pick the worst Stanley Cup final ever, who could it, who would it be? Well, Ducks. Oh, God, probably. Well, oh, wait a minute. Okay. Hmm. Connor McDavid's Oilers. <laughs> really? Okay. Oh, maybe. Over maybe. the Ducks? Oh, God. Okay, so. Shit. I don't know now. Yeah, no, it would have to be the Ducks. It would have to be the Ducks. But maybe Connor McDavid's been traded to the Ducks. <laughs> okay, okay. And but 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 what's his butt still there? Um, Kessler. No, Kessler? God, what's his name? Corey Perry. Corey Perry. Corey Perry. Uh, I have so aggressively blocked him from my mind that I could not for a moment remember his name. And then, oh, I don't, see, the thing is, there's not really an Eastern team that I hate the way I hate the Ducks. So, that's a problem. Let me look at this list. Let me look at a list of Eastern teams. Boston, Buffalo... Yeah. Okay. Canada, Boston, Florida, Buffalo, Detroit, Detroit, Florida, Montreal. Blah blah blah. Ooh, maybe Montreal, just because I hate Montreal. Uh, yeah. There's just not a team that I in the East that I feel that way about. So I've got to go with screwing over fans. So, mm, no, Toronto would be happy. Um, personally, for me, I guess it would be Toronto versus the the Ducks because I don't want the Toronto fans to be happy. And I don't want Corey Perry to win anything. It would definitely be Ducks for me. I would have a hard time with East, too. I feel like maybe Ducks Boston. I yeah. really don't like Boston. I don't like I don't like their fans, either. <laughs> I don't like Boston fans, but I don't like Toronto fans more. Toronto fans um, are so much more obnoxious, for sure. They are just so much more obnoxious. And I like there are Boston players that I also really dislike. And, and there aren't really any... I really dislike Toronto Brad players Marchand. I, don't like. I really, I really, Brad really hate Brad Marchand. A lot. Not as much as I hate Corey Perry, but a yep. lot. Yep. But I still better would, than Corey Perry, but. I'm still rooting for the Bruins over the fucking Blues. I'm not root. I can't root for anybody. I can't. I just I I'm refuse not, to pick a side. When I say rooting, when I say rooting, I am still Team Meteor. <laughs> Hashtag Team Meteor forever this year. But I would hate it less if the Bruins won than I would if the if the Blues got their first cup on my watch. 
That's what I'm saying. So is this the worst? Um, probably of the ones who did make it. But you, Tirana, would be worse for me. Okay, would Carolyn consider supporting the Fife Flyers, my team, rather than the Brayhead Clan, even though Brayhead play in purple and the fans are called the Purple Army? Uh, open parentheses, not sure why I'm asking TBH, close parentheses. My loyalty can be bought. (laughs) (laughs) So the answer is, yes, she would consider. I would consider it, but you have to give me something to sink my teeth into about the Fife Flyers. Yeah, give us us some good human interest stories. Yeah. Give me some bromance or like. Part of what made me, okay, part of what made me a Manchester City fan is, number one, I didn't know anything about it. Um, Number two, they play in a really great color. Uh, Number three, Joe Hart had a great ass. And they played a fast transition defense style of play, which was the only thing I'd ever been raised on, which was a college basketball, you know, transitional style. So... That's why I started supporting Manchester City. And then when I found out that it had been like 38 years or some shit since they had won a title, I was like, all right, well, I'm in for life. Give me a narrative. Give me a narrative. Buy me with your narratives. Yeah, Carolyn will go anywhere for a And also a good ass. Have you seen this picture of the McElroy brothers in kilts? No, I have not. I do not know what it's for or why it's happening to me, but it is amazing. (laughs) Jen, friend of the podcast, Jen asks. What does Jen ask? One, who is the best bet to injure themselves while golfing this summer? Matthias Janmark. Next question. <laughs> Two, is Hannah going to come visit and tell us about prospects again? I, if Hannah wants to come back on, she has she's very knowledgeable about prospects in ways that you and I are just not. So just I would not. happily have her. Yeah, for sure. Maybe we can do like an all prospect ASCII episode. Uh, yeah. But we'll we'll ask her back. We're sure. For sure. She was great. Uh, we love Hannah. We do love Hannah. All right. Julia, not the worst team in the West, asks. <laughs> Sorry. I wanted to give her a nickname and she had just called the stars, like, not the worst conference team in the conference. So. Oh, that's right. She did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thoughts on the new fan favorite NHL awards and the stars chances in any of them? Uh, I think that Ben Bishop was ahead in best Halloween costume. The last yeah, time I, I feel checked. like he has a really strong chance there. Dude, well, I mean, his costume was so good without so being controversial good. at all. I know! It was perfect. Yeah, it was so good. Uh, if it, if any of you have not seen it, for whatever reason, go check it out. But he was, uh, he and his wife did Beauty and the Beast, and it was beautiful. I think they termed it Beauty and the Bishop. Very good. Oh, okay. That's Very good. Even better. Even better. All right, Carolyn, design a hockey expansion team for Scotland. I don't know. Anybody named Fraser? There were a lot of people named Fraser in the oh, Scottish yeah. graveyards that I visited because I really like visiting old old graveyards. Uh, did I tell you that my sister took her kids to an Easter at this little church that was doing a um Easter egg hunt in the graveyard outside the church? No. So that's my... metal. On Easter morning, my sister took her kids to go search for Easter eggs among a bunch of old gravestones. (laughs) The pictures are phenomenal. I bet. 
Yeah. I love I, mean, I love old graveyards. Oh, me too. The names are great. I took a picture of one of the gravestones in that very uh churchyard because um it's uh it was like the inscription was just hysterical. It was like there was this like very like you know poignant description of this poor like withered woman who left alone this like man who could can't survive without her. And then at the very end added later, presumably it said he's gone too. <laughs> Like, I don't, I don't really know what we were going for here, but you achieved it, so. I don't remember if this was in Inverness or in Sky, but, like, one of the, no, it must have been in Inverness. Uh, one of the graveyards, like, we had, had graves back to, like, the 1700s, but, like, in the early 1800s, a lot of the graves were basically, like, Mary Fraser does this in honor of. Like, I mean, the big name on the gravestone was the name of the person who bought it. Oh my gosh, that is so funny. And it was like, oh, so you, all of these are just to talk about how good you are, not how, like, your parents or whoever you ended up burying. No, clearly not. It was, like, clearly a gravestone, like, keeping up with the Joneses kind of moment. That's a that's amazing. I love that I love a lot. it. I loved it a lot. Yeah. Uh, okay, last question. Please. Oh, wait. No, we didn't actually design. I mean, I don't really want to design an expansion team for Scotland. Like, honestly, like... Okay, okay, fine. But whoever they is, they're well, it'd be the thistle, right? Like it'd be somebody, the thistle, the Scotland thistle, 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 thistle. Uh, and they have. I'm sorry, but they have to wear some sort of tartan. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. Good. And it'd have a unicorn on the front. Yes. Okay. Good. (laughs) Okay. Uh, please share any off-season analysis your cats have. Their thoughts on trades and firings and hirings and what good kitties they are. Well, Man, if one of my cats is around me right now, I would pick them up so they would, like, squeak at the thing, but they're all on the other side of the room. Maddie! <laughs> Sammy! Sammy! She was Sammy. here earlier. Sammy! Sammy. We started Come recording. Here. Come here! Oh, I woke her up and she is coming across the room to me. Maddie! Come here, Sammy! Maddie! Come here, Sammy! Oh my god, she came to me. I'm such a good cat mom. <laughs> you are so mad you got up, aren't you? So that's what Sammy has to say. She's never coming to me again. Well, that's all we have for you today. <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter at Classlicity. You can find me on Twitter at Marinish. And you can find our official Twitter at Deep Heart Hockey. And if you have any additional <laughs> questions, comments, or, I don't know, cat theories, uh, feel free to email us at DeepHeartHockey at gmail.com. You can also find our uh, official blog at deepertucky.wordpress.com. Bye! Bye. <laughs>